0: help them feel loved and help them work through their own emotions and help them know that their emotions aren't scary, but I couldn't provide that for them because it wasn't provided for me at that time. I wasn't safe with myself, and so I couldn't provide that for them. And that was really, really painful for me to not be able to provide that. Hello, this is Ruth Smedley. I help women, especially moms, make peace with themselves and ignite their inner flame. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the Heal with Ruth podcast. I heard a very beautiful insight this week. I was taught that when you experience pressure that this can be reframed as a sacred moment to notice that you have disconnected yourself from God that that evidence that you're feeling pressure means you are not currently connected to your higher self, to the source of love, and you can reframe it as an invitation to reconnect. And that advice came at a moment where I was feeling some pressure on a project I was working on. I was getting to a place where I was trying to kind of push myself to figure out oh, what's the answer, what do I do here, what's the right thing, um, and so reading that was just a beautiful reminder that like, wait, okay, if I'm, if I'm pushing too hard, instead of going into my training that I've kind of had my whole life of like, push harder, you know, keep going, figure it out, grit your teeth, get it done, um, it can actually be an invitation to relax to take a moment to breathe, to reconnect with myself, and to trust, to practice that trust that if I relax and connect with myself and with God, it's gonna work out and it's gonna flow. And honestly, that is how I want to live my life. I'm done with the pushing, with the struggle, with the never quite being good enough, never quite figuring it out, always having to push harder and harder and harder, wearing myself out because I feel like I have to keep going or it won't work out. I really love that idea of relaxing into love, relaxing into myself and allowing things to just flow, to come naturally and for the answers, for the solutions, for the insight and the clarity to come to me with ease. And I have experienced bits of that, which is why I know it's not just a nice thought because I've experienced that and when I experience those things, that's when things, like they really do flow, like they just happen easier and so much more happens in these moments than can happen in hours of me pounding my head against something and it's honestly can be really scary to let go of that pounding, of that pushing into the brick wall, of that forcing myself beyond the actual energy I have. Because there's this fear that it won't work out. If I don't try harder, it's not going to work out. So I'm still practicing that. And as I get better at it, though, like, there's there's not really any cons to it. <laughs> it's a really great way to be. So it's challenging in that moment when you have that decision where your brain is like, you have to push harder. If you stop now, you're not going to be good enough. Like, that's hard to make that shift to decide to choose into trust and relaxation. Um, But once you keep practicing that, it's such a beautiful way to live. So, as I've been thinking about this week's podcast, there's been a topic on my mind that I've wanted to talk about. It feels very vulnerable. I think I'm worried that the language for me to express my experience will come off as too harsh, too intense, too serious maybe, and I guess I'm scared that I'm gonna just be the only person who experiences this. (laughs) So as I've been sitting here trying to get myself to start, I remembered that, oh, I'm feeling pressure right now. I'm feeling this pressure of, I need to say it the right way, I need to figure out the right thing to say, I am worried about, is this right, is this wrong, blah 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 blah, and I took that as an invitation to take a breath, to relax, to allow to reconnect with me and to trust that like it's gonna be okay and I'm gonna say what I say and <laughs> we'll see what happens with it. It's I don't need to be so worried and stressed about it. And I do hope that, um, that something I say will resonate with some people and maybe this won't be in the language that you have seen it before but maybe there's something in it that will strike you as oh wow like maybe maybe that's part of what I have experienced too and maybe it will be in different areas of your life that you relate to it but anyway is that enough kind of perking your curiosity what am I gonna talk about today okay let's try diving right in so for several years I have been gradually and in big spurts becoming more aware of my calling, what I'm here to do, and who I'm here to serve. And what I want to talk about is, well, probably the biggest thing that has held me back from really stepping into that calling and into serving those people and really owning this part of who I am. The people that I feel called to serve are mothers who, like me, have found themselves in the depths of motherhood and it's something they've always wanted, but now that they're in it, they're feeling like there are dreams inside of them that are being ignored because because of motherhood. And they're holding in the resentment. They're feeling guilty for that resentment that they feel because they love their children. They want to be with their children. And also they want to live their dreams. And it's hard to figure out the path that hasn't been shown to us because we've seen modeled this, this very traditional motherhood role. We've had moms who were incredible at being moms, and they gave everything. And they, they just modeled what motherhood should look like. And on top of that, we were taught from the pulpit our entire lives, this is what a righteous woman does, this is how a righteous woman looks. And a righteous mother is the most important thing you can ever be. And I'm not saying that being a mom is bad, it, it is a beautiful experience, but when it feels like the only choice then that's not real agency. Um, A lot of us grew up with hearing about agency all the time and I'm learning that when we talk about agency, it's not, we're not really giving ourselves permission to, to own our agency if we don't actually have choices. And those choices need to come without shame on either side, on either end, that like we can make a choice And we can own our choice and we can follow our hearts with that choice without there being shame on either side of that choice. Because when we say, oh, yes, of course you have a choice, but we laid in one side full of shame um, or create this hierarchy, then there's really not much of a choice without the threat of, well, you know, you can make a choice, but you better be the right choice. (laughs) And that's kind of... I think the energy that subconsciously I have lived with a lot of my life. And as I'm becoming aware of it, it's really exciting to start letting go of that. And it's terrifying sometimes to lean into those choices that feel so charged. Um, But then discovering that as I lean into those choices, I'm actually so much happier because that charge disappears when my brain sees, oh, we did that thing. and. It's fine, I'm, I'm not, nothing awful has happened and I actually feel better than when I was living in fear of making this choice. Um, I'm talking in a lot of abstracts right now, so let me try to get a little bit more concrete. For me, all of this has been deeply rooted in my experience of being a mother. And I don't know when I would have come to this conclusion on my own. But I had the mixed curse slash blessing. I it's kind of remarkable that I can view it as a blessing at this point because I I view it as having sped up my process of self discovery in motherhood. But at the time, <laughs> and for years following, there was nothing blessing about it. It was it was awful. I when my oldest was 15 months, and maybe at some point I'll go more into depth on this. But we had a very very traumatic experience with child protective services and um and it really damaged my confidence as a person as a mother it really hurt our family and made it difficult for me to continue being the mom that I had been up until that point to be as present with my child as I had always planned to be and to, it affected my ability to control my emotions. When I was around him, I got a lot more just incapable of controlling myself. And I don't think I realized, like one of the tragic things about trauma is often we don't realize when a traumatic experience is deeply affecting our lives. And I don't think I was consciously aware that a lot of things that were happening went back to that experience with child protective services and I was pregnant with my second when that experience happened and looking back um, I wasn't able to bond with my second child like I had with my first and it's really sad looking back and seeing how much that affected me and then on top of that I think it was like the year after that experience was 2020 where everything shut down. We were living in a state far away from family and I had two high energy little boys to take care of all on my own and everything just kind of crashed that year for me mentally, emotionally, physically. And then there were several years of recovery, having a third child, just kind of like just an experience with motherhood that I never expected to have. So... That intensity of experiences in those first years of motherhood led me to a place where I did not want to be a mother anymore. My children were my triggers. Being around them gave me intense anxiety. And then feeling this pull to do something where I was able to connect with grown-ups that suddenly felt very important to me. And it was this really intense experience of becoming a crazy mom is how I call it (laughs) becoming the kind of crazy mom I never thought I would be and feeling the pain and the shame of that experience feeling myself so so far from my ideal of motherhood um and I think in some ways wanting an escape from from that wanting to not have to face that every moment of every day but also There was legitimately a dream inside of me, like there was a part of me that needed, in order to heal and in order to be true to myself, needed a life outside of motherhood. And it's taken me years and some really remarkable people and resources have helped me to heal from those experiences of the past and also my own courage to start changing what motherhood looks like for me. That after going through that I couldn't go back to the traditional stay at home with my kids all day, do cute things with them, make dinner. Also I just have come to accept that I don't like I don't like making food. I don't like making dinner. I like when things are super easy. I like making dinner maybe like, maybe once a week, maybe once a month, like I can make food and I'm grateful that I have learned how to make good meals, but it's not what I enjoy doing and that's okay. But that was a huge part of like, this is what a mom does. A mom makes healthy homemade meals. A mom keeps the house clean. A mom plans fun activities. She takes her kids to do fun things. Like these were all parts of what the ideal mother looked like for me. Um, also it, one of my, maybe because it's like a gift that I have, like I can be an extremely good mom by way of emotional presence and helping my kids with their emotions and unconditional love and all of that like I'm the I'm good at the let's cuddle let's talk about your feelings let's like like that's where I can shine I'm not the mom who plans fun stuff or feels happy about the messes you know like oh it's fine let's make a mess and clean it up like I'm not the fun mom um and I'm okay with that because I can find other people to help provide that for my kids and I can be fun in my own ways but I am I'm very good at being sensitive and listening and seeing and I think one of the most painful things at that time of my life when I was riddled with so much trauma, so much PTSD and physical health, mental health, emotional health, just all of that just being a huge struggle for me. One of the most painful things at that time was feeling this disconnect between wanting to use my gift with my children, wanting to be that kind of safe Mother who really just helped them feel loved and helped them work through their own emotions and helped them know that their emotions aren't scary, but I couldn't provide that for them because it wasn't provided for me at that time. I wasn't safe with myself, and so I couldn't provide that for them. And that was really, really painful for me to not be able to provide that. So, (laughs) this is so fun these podcasts where I totally forget where I'm going with all of this part of the story. So, there came a time where I knew that I wanted more than just being at home with my kids and that has been (laughs) such a long process of really working through what that means and how to do it and how to release the blocks in my mind that prevent me from embracing a different kind of lifestyle with my family than the ones that, than the one that I was raised in, the one that my husband was raised in and the ones that we have seen modeled throughout our lives. And part of this, I think I mentioned in a previous podcast too, was this idea that that women who work are, there's like this hierarchy um, and women who don't work love their children more than women who do work or women who send their kids to a daycare or preschool, that there's something better about a woman who wants to be with her kids. So it's been really difficult for me to let go of that hierarchy in my brain, that judgment that is steeped deeply in my mind and to be okay with me choosing a different path. Last year was a very challenging year for me. I I gave birth to my third child and my postpartum experience was very intense mentally and emotionally and I think I will try not to go into too much of that right now although I'd love to share that story another time but one of the insights that I had at this very intense time of my life was that i am terrified of hell okay this is the part i referred to earlier (laughs) where i was scared that my language might put some people off or sound too intense but this is this is my truth like this is literally how it felt and it was honestly Shocking to me, like very surprising to come to this realization that I am scared of hell, that I'm terrified of hell, because on a conscious level, I don't really believe in hell. The way that I was raised religiously, we focused a lot on the different levels of glory in heaven, and we gave very little attention to the people who were going to be like completely cast out. And those were like the really bad people. Like, I never thought, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be one of those people that's like cast out to outer darkness. Like, no, I never, (laughs) I never worried about that. Um, I always saw myself as someone who was going to go to the celestial kingdom. Like that just feels like, yeah, of course I'm going to go there. It doesn't feel hard to be good, to follow the rules. And also I feel this direct connection with God. I know he loves me and like, that's where I'm going to want to be. So consciously I didn't feel like I'd ever given a lot of thought to hell. And I, I believe in a very loving God. I don't think of God as someone who's like waiting to judge us and tell us all the things we've done wrong and like, you know, test us on like, okay, where are you going? You get into hell, you, or you get into heaven and oh, you weren't good enough, you're going to hell. So on a conscious level, like hell didn't really even exist for me as like a religious concept. And so it was really bizarre to come to this understanding that subconsciously, I'm terrified of hell. It's just crazy to me still, to even say those words, but it's so true. And, and where that showed up in my life was that there was this very solid box in my mind of this is what a mom should do. This is how a mother acts. this is what she provides for her family. This is how she spends her days, this is what she's like. This is this is a mom. Um, and I was failing at that. And in my heart, I had this, this small vision. It wasn't very clear because it's not something I've seen modeled. So it's me needing to come up with all the pieces. But there was, there was this piece that was like, I want to do this different. I want it to look like me spending a lot less time with my children, me having quality amounts of time, but not quantity, like a lot less time with them. But the time with them that I have, I want it to be so good. And these are the things I want to be doing with my day. I want to be spending my time creating things, connecting with other women, healing, helping other people heal, and using my gifts, using the things that feel fulfilling to me and make me feel recharged. That's how I want to be spending my day. And then I want these like precious moments with my family. And honestly, like back then, I don't think I could have, I couldn't have expressed that as easily as I just did now, like this is still what I want. But there was so much fear that like getting, getting from that little piece of my heart that wanted that, and then even getting into my brain where I could describe that to myself, and then the act of like saying that out loud was, there were huge blocks keeping me from doing that because I was terrified that by expressing that and trying to create that, I was going to go to hell that's how strong this belief in me was that this is what a righteous mother looks like and if you swerve out of this you're you're risking the salvation of yourself you're risking the salvation of your family I I don't know all the words to describe it except that like I'm gonna go to hell (laughs) if I if I stop if I don't live this image of what a mom should be so I don't know I know that like sounds crazy but please please let me know if I'm not the only one, if you resonate with this, maybe you use different words, maybe it's a different amount, maybe it's showing up in your life in a different way than being a mother, but I would love to know if I'm not the only person who feels this way, so that was really an intense time of my life, this conflict between this is what I am supposed to be doing, and this is what I want to be doing, and also feeling The harder I tried to fit that picture of what a mom is supposed to look like, the more miserable I was. And it got to a place where I had no will to live. It was really scary. I remember going outside to this beautiful part of our yard, sitting by a creek and just like staring at the world and feeling empty, feeling void. Like, not necessarily wanting to die, but just not wanting to live. Like, there just felt like like there was no will to live. And in the ensuing months, the thoughts of suicide grew stronger and stronger and stronger. And as an aside, when I was able to get supplements, I was able to see a doctor who gave me supplements, and that... Really that's made a huge difference that like helped my the physical side of it to start improving so that I could start dealing More with the emotional side, but on an emotional side What was driving a lot of those thoughts of suicide was this feeling that I was stuck in something that I was terrible at But trying to get out was gonna send me to hell And so it felt like the only way out was to die. Like I didn't feel like there was a real choice um Also at this time, I read this book that I highly recommend, oh, (laughs) maybe I can add it in the show notes. I think it's called Tender Leaves of Hope, and I do not remember who wrote it, but it's a story of a woman who in her, like, 50s, I think, she finally started to acknowledge to herself that she's lesbian, and she grew up in the LDS church, did all the traditional things, served in all kinds of callings, and... So it's kind of her story of coming to terms with that and seeing this pattern of depression in her life that came, that always came when she felt an attraction to another woman. But she never admitted that to herself. It was always this, it would dip her into depression. And it's a beautiful book. And I love the things that she shares about healing because they apply to everyone. Like she talks about shame. She talks about the atonement, about God's love. Um, But it was really interesting to me as I read this book how much I related with her and I was like this is weird um because like I'm not lesbian I'm I'm I can't relate to this specific issue but like what is it that is I'm feeling such a connection with and I realized that for me it was motherhood and I don't want to say this at all like like I to diminish what people who um Grow up in these very religious communities, and then have to deal with that, with that experience of same sex attraction. Like I'm not trying to diminish that at all, Um, but like for me, it really felt it felt like coming out. It felt like so scary to say the to to admit to my family (laughs) that I don't want to be a full time mom. Like it felt like that was so ingrained in our culture that that's just what you do. That it felt so, it felt like I was coming out, and I felt so scared of like saying that, admitting that, creating something new. It was like so taboo to step out of a full time mother role that I struggled with it for a really long time before getting up the courage to make small steps to step out of that. And I'm still in the process. I'm way ahead of where I was a year and a half ago, but. The triggers still come up. The fears still come up. There's still these insecurities when childcare falls through where I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm the one who carries that, you know, like my work's not as important as my husband's. It's not getting numbers yet. It's not, I'm the woman. Like, There's still those very deeply ingrained patterns and beliefs that make it difficult for me to prioritize these dreams that I have. (sighs) So let's see, did we come to any real conclusion? So I'm, I, this fear of hell, I guess is the point. Oh, okay. This is what I also wanted to share. So this fear of hell is what has made it difficult for me to fully embrace creating the life that I personally want. That looks different than anything I've ever seen. But the funny thing is the women I feel drawn to helping are the women in my situation. Women who similarly were raised with expectations of what it looks like to be a mother and to be a righteous woman and the things required to raise your family safely in this world that we've been told is a very dangerous place for children to grow. And more specifically, actually, it's more about helping women who have these dreams inside of them that they don't feel like they have permission to prioritize, and to follow, and to really step into who they are, and to bring their own unique brightness to the world. Because being a mother is a wonderful thing, and also, we can do more. Making a difference outside of your home is also a wonderful thing. And so for the women who have that spark of desire inside of them, but don't feel like it's okay feel like it's selfish or maybe without fully realizing it they're scared that they'll go to hell if they choose to follow that those are the women that I want to help um help them find themselves and help them to see that it's not actually dangerous your kids are going to be okay your kids are probably going to be happier if you are following your dreams and you'll be happier you'll show up as a better mom and a as a person and that's who they want ultimately is for you to be you and that in a lot of ways gives them permission for them to be them and I think that is really beautiful that's my community that's who I want to serve but as I have thought about serving that community when I was going through that deep fear of hell for myself making these changes then there was it was like this double-edged sword of like and the woman I want to help What if I tell them something? What if I encourage them to do something that sends them to hell? So I'm like doubly afraid that like, what if I don't just send myself to hell? What if I send them to hell? But it's this this longing, this piece of my heart that knows that I have a message to share with these women and knows that it's good. Like, I'm not here to encourage people to do bad things. I'm here to encourage people to trust themselves, to find their own unique light, to light up this world with their own unique light to trust themselves. Like how is any of that bad? It's not, it's not, it's not gonna lead us to hell. If anything, it's gonna lead us to raise the vibrations of this entire earth and help us to get out of the hell that is currently on the earth today. It's gonna bring us out of hell. Um, but I just wanted to share that that f- those fears that I had, these fears that have made it difficult for me to fully embrace my calling, to embrace what I want to do and to really start putting myself out there. So this podcast, this podcast is really significant to me. <laughs> I hope it's significant to some other people, but speaking out about my fears of starting this business and reaching out and being a voice, using my voice. Um, it feels really significant. It feels really important. One other thing I have struggled with is knowing how to market my message, knowing how to package it, because partly because I've been afraid that I'm the only person who feels this way. But recently, as I've been doing some introspection and also talking to God about it, I realized I'm not. There are so many women who are hurting in similar ways that I have hurt and have similar dreams. The details are different, but those feelings are the same. And the reason that we think we're alone is because we don't know how to talk about it. This is a problem, a struggle, that doesn't really have words, doesn't have language. And you need language in order to solve problems. You need to be able to talk about the problem before you can get out of it and find a solution. And so I'm here to give a voice to these problems and to speak about it and to to say, hey, you're not the only one. This is a real issue. You're not crazy. Like, you are crazy, but you're not crazy. And let's get you out of being crazy. Let's find a way to heal that crazy so that you can stop being tortured by your crazy in your head. Um, yeah, so that's why I'm here. And... Just realizing that this needs a voice is really significant to me, and I want to be that voice, and I will do it imperfectly, but you know what? That's becoming another one of my core values is just doing life imperfectly. (laughs) No longer even trying to not be a perfectionist, but just like embracing being an imperfectionist. So that's a topic for another time. Okay, it's time for me to share one of my current challenges, and then something that I'm wanting to manifest at the moment. Current challenge today, let's talk about menstruation. I don't want to talk about it a lot. I'm just, just to say that has been my current challenge this week is that I've mellowed out a lot in my cycle, but those days around my period starting, they're still just, just rough. And my goal with that is that someday i want to understand and be more in tune with my cycle and see it as like a very sacred beautiful time and to be able to access the gifts that i truly believe are part of our cycles and i'm not there yet i think i still have some really big wounds and triggers that come up when i'm on my period and those are things that i'm hoping will be resolved sooner rather than later because it is painful for me I don't experience a lot of physical pain around my period but I do experience more just kind of energy fatigue and I don't know weirdness like my energy just feels weird and then emotionally and mentally I'm like not very stable so that's not a fun thing and just know that that's common. I don't think it needs to be normal. I hope we can get to a world where that's not normal for us. Not common, but right now it is still common. So if you struggle with your cycle thing, just know you're not alone and someday I'm going to figure out how to teach more about like that that would be a very cool thing down the road to also help women to find that sacredness of their cycles because I think it's there and it would be really beautiful to transform our relationships of one from one of like fear and pain and misery to one of just like beauty and self-love and just all the good stuff. Okay, something that I'm manifesting, I have not given this one a lot of thought, but looking around at the beautiful fall colors, I'm just thinking about how much I don't like the cold and I'm not ready for it to be cold. And it's been cold this week, but... Uh, This morning my husband told me that this coming week is supposed to be much nicer, like in the 70s. And I'm really excited about that. And I would just like to manifest a very warm, not like super warm, but just like not a cold fall. Like just a very nice, mild, warm day fall so that I can keep going on walks. Because walks are my favorite form of exercise. Just nice long walks through beautiful areas and i am a wimp when it comes to the cold i don't like to go outside i don't like to be cold so that's what i'm i would love to manifest is a fall with so many nice days for me to go on long walks and to just feel the warmth in my body and not get too cold <laughs> to finish this episode up, I would like to invite you to check out my website, ruthsmedley.com and look up the things that I'm currently offering there. Sign up for my email list while you're there and follow me on Instagram at healwithruth. I hope that you know that you are loved and have a blessed day.